Welcome to the Auburn UMC Clergy Conversations podcast. Each week, our pastors take an in-depth look at Scripture and preview their message for Sunday morning services. We're glad you joined us. For more information about Auburn UMC, please visit our website at aumc.net. Welcome, and thank you for joining us for Conversations this week. And I'm here with Kelly. As, uh, Coy is away for a couple days, and uh, know that he's enjoying his time. Yes. Um, and many of you have enjoyed a great spring break as well, we hope. Um, our scripture this week on the second Sunday of Lent, it comes from Luke chapter 13. Uh, and it's somewhat a familiar text, and, um, and like many of these Lenten texts, it kind of goes deeper and... Um, and kind of maybe a little bit harder to understand than just what is seems to be on the surface. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I'm reading out of the CEB today. Do you mind if I read for no, us? No, absolutely. So our scripture passage picks up today in Luke chapter 13, starting in verse 31. At that time, some Pharisees approached Jesus and said, Go, get away from here because Herod wants to kill you. Jesus said to them, Go tell that fox, look, I'm throwing out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will complete my work. However, it's necessary for me to travel today, tomorrow, and the next day because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who were sent to you, how often I have wanted to gather your people just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you didn't want that. Look, your house is abandoned. I tell you, you won't see me until the time comes when you say, blessings on the one who comes in the Lord's name. That's good. So some, some strong uh, words there. <laughs> you could say that. From Jesus, yes. They really set us up. Uh, Palm Sunday isn't for several weeks, but in the NRSV and some other translations, verse 35 reads, um, your house is abandoned, I tell you, you will not see me until you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is, of course, those holy words that we hear every time we take Holy Communion and every time Palm Sunday rolls around. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet here they are kind of setting us towards Jerusalem so early in our Lenten journey. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting, you know, that, that so often... Uh, the Pharisees we see in Scripture are painted just in such a different light of mm-hmm. one who's, who opposed Jesus, who just were interested in the law and making people kind of conform to the way that, that they thought they should behave and do what mm-hmm. they thought they should do. Um, but but honestly, what we see is that there are a lot of Pharisees, I think, who were um, who were curious and who were questioning. We see in Acts chapter 5, uh, Gamiel um it was described as someone, as a Pharisee, who kind of had just wait and see uh, kind of attitude towards Jesus and towards this, this movement uh, of, uh, of followers of Jesus as well. Um, and so that's perhaps some of the Pharisees we, we see, and they're, um, you know, seem to, to want to be kind of protecting Jesus in a way. Mm-hmm. I... This is unrelated. I just love that Jesus says, listen, I'm a little occupied here. I'm throwing out demons. I'm mm-hmm. healing the sick. I don't have time for your drama. Something yeah. about that I find just um, incredibly endearing. I don't know if that's a feeling I'm supposed mm-hmm. to have towards uh, 
the holy name of Jesus. But there is something about this encounter that I just love, where Jesus is completely unbothered by the ways of the world. Jesus does not care that mm. there are people who are unhappy with what he is doing. Jesus's main priority is uh, binding up the wounded and letting the oppressed go free and throwing out demons and, you know, really doing the work of God, doing the work of a prophet. Right. Yeah. And says, you know, this is the mission and I'm going to keep doing this today, tomorrow, and and even on the third day. And there's something yeah. powerful about that. Uh, you have to step back. Uh, and, and the fact that he calls uh, Herod a, a fox in that, and mm -hmm. it's almost like those who try to get in the way of what God is, is doing. Yeah. Um, and it's significant that kind of a, a fox in, in that day, I don't know, it was kind of like a coyote in our day, kind mm -hmm. of, but, but what uh, commentators tell us is that uh, a fox was kind of a description uh, for someone or something that was sly. Yeah. Um, that was somewhat destructive Sneaky. and kind of insignificant in the same realm that maybe, um, you know, in many people's eyes serve yeah. no real, yeah. real purpose in, uh, you know, in what was going on. Uh, and, and we just don't see Jesus calling people names a whole lot, you know? Yeah. I think it's really interesting that what's happening here in this exchange is, um, Right, like Herod, not stupid. Jesus, also not stupid. And then mm -hmm. these Pharise uh, Pharisees come forward and they say, listen, we're cool with you, wink, wink, nod, nod, but it's Herod who wants to kill you. And, and mm -hmm. Jesus is not uh, uh, blind to the fact that Herod is not the only one who mm -hmm. would like to see him dead. And he even keeps going. He doesn't just uh, kind of insult Herod. He says, oh, Jerusalem. Right? That's not talking about the city or the architecture or the geography. What Jesus is pointing out is that Jerusalem is the seat of power, mm -hmm. the power of um, religious people and governmental people and money will always try to undermine what God is doing. I think that's why he brings up why all the prophets have been stoned and killed uh, mm -hmm. around Jerusalem. So really, really no one escapes this encounter without being a little bit insulted right. by Jesus. Yes. <laughs> and, and that idea of Jerusalem too was, as you said, this seat of, of power, yeah. uh, at times a, a seat of, um, of holiness at other times, mm -hmm. unholiness is just yeah. kind of this, uh, perceived at different, different points and in different ways, but, uh, but a place and a description of, of people, like you say, that just yeah. that can't be ignored either. Um, and, and as we were talking, you know, yesterday, that, that, that idea that it's impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem, that mm -hmm. that kind of struck us both, that we hadn't yeah. uh, considered that before. And Yeah, as we read these stories, and that's why we call it a, a living word, and why we keep reading this wonderful mm -hmm. Holy Scripture our whole life, is every time you read it, something new jumps off the page. Uh, and that was kind of funny how, for both of us, that was the thing that jumped out. Mm -hmm. As I think about what it means to read this story in the season of Lent, um, I just keep thinking about what Lent means. I think Christians in particular, or um, like people who celebrate this season of Lent, kind of sound crazy, right? Because we live in a culture and in a world that would like us to be 
uh, healthy and wealthy and wise all mm. of the time. But Christians set aside this 40-day period year after year after year because it means something to us to be reminded um, of our mortality and to be reminded that we are um, dependent on God's grace and God's mercy. But also we're reminded that this journey of following Jesus is never supposed to be about our comfort um, or about even our convenience. And as we give up things and take on disciplines and observe a Holy Lent, as we call it in the church, we're reminded of all three of those things. And I just, I don't know, this year more than any other year, I keep reflecting on why it is that we celebrate, maybe that's not a good word, observe mm -hmm. this holy season in the church. Right. And I was having yeah, a conversation with, um, with friends with different people that, mm -hmm. Uh, that it seems like Lent, it seems like uh, Ash Wednesday that we celebrated mm -hmm. last week, um, that sometimes it runs in cycles, but it seems like, just as you said, that we're in this time period where um, it just has become more and more meaningful over the past mm -hmm. past few years. Um, and I think also part of it, that we see the humanity of, in, of Jesus in this way, that um, that although we don't, in the Gospels, don't have a lot of uh, many records of him going to Jerusalem before mm -hmm. this point. Uh, that there's this sense of rejection yeah. there that that you can't ignore. That he perhaps was like time and time again he's reached out, and maybe not as you said, just to the city, but just to mm -hmm. what the city represents there. Yeah. Um, and you know how often as I wanted just to to gather you up, and we have that maternal image of a of a hen. Uh, covering up her her young, protecting her young, uh, and I read one commentary that 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 was again not uh, uncommon. If uh, of course during bad weather, but also fire was a real danger in that time, and um, you know you didn't have the the local fire department like we have uh, with good folks around, and so you know it was kind of known that if a, a barn caught fire that. Oftentimes, that's exactly how they would find a, a hen protecting her, her young, her, her chicks in that way. Um, and so it kind of brings in that idea, according to some, of, of fire coming down and just mm. all that was I never thought happening. about that. Mm. I just, this is one of my, uh, well, I guess the end, is one of my favorite passages of Scripture because all throughout Scripture we have these images of God as king and God as warrior, and God as shepherd, and God as um, all kinds of really masculine, strong, authoritarian figures. But then Jesus compares himself to that of a, of a mother, and that mm -hmm. is an image of God that I really cling to. I love what you said about fire raining down, but I just love the idea of the tenderness of God surrounding us in mm -hmm. all circumstances and um, the protection and love of God. That's an image that's compelling to me even more than any um, like powerful or even uh, military-like image that comes to mind. I love I love this one the most. I don't think you're supposed to pick favorites, but mm -hmm. I love this one most of all. Well, right, and I don't think you're alone. <laughs> I think there, there are many who who love this this image um, for those reasons, and I think um, probably for for many of us, 
this is how we've experienced the love of God more so than a yeah. king or military leader or yeah. uh, something that seems uh, seems distant. Yeah. That it's it's more of a an intimate uh, feeling and and again just the the idea of kind of Lent and um, mm-hmm. and the journey towards a cross and things coming kind of towards an end for Jesus' earthly ministry. Uh, is an idea of, of he just wanting to bring people together yeah. in that way. Yeah. Um, and that's a powerful image. And I read uh, about uh, Ellie Wiesel, who was a Holocaust survivor and yeah. just such a wise, um, brilliant person, but he um, spoke often on his experiences during the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And, and he asked this question after a... Um, after he spoke one time, uh, he said, who is the, the saddest um, character in, in the Bible? And, you know, some people said, well, Moses, because he didn't get to enter into the promised land. Some, of course, said Job with all the trials. Uh-huh. Some said Mary because she saw her son, Jesus, tortured and, and crucified. Yeah. And um, Ellie Beasel, he, he answered in this way. He said, I really think it may be God that the times that he has seen his children hurt one another, oftentimes in his own name, um, and also experienced rejection from us. And um, and I don't know, it's one of those things worth discussing, but it does make you you think and uh, of just of God's faithfulness to us in spite of the times that we don't want to be gathered up uh, (laughs) uh, like little baby chicks under... Yeah, under God's wings. Not quite as uh, movable and uh, lovable as little baby chicks, are right. we? <laughs> no. And create a bigger mess sometimes, too. A much bigger mess. <laughs> no, I I love Elie Wiesel, and I love Knight. And this is not as profound as his wonderful book, but I also love his interview with Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. Everyone should watch that. But um, I am excited uh, to have a Lent together where together as a community, we can reflect on, um, what it means to be a people who Mm. are made in God, God's image and likeness, and yet a people who will die and who desperately need God's grace and God's interference in our lives Mm -hmm. every day. Um, so I guess, and I love that idea of, like you said, too, that this is a journey that we, we take together, that it is full of introspection and reflection mm-hmm. personally, but it's one we take together. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the ways that we have to, to do that. Uh, and one's through a Linton devotional guide that many of you have received. It's also on our website, amc.net. Uh, but that's written by, by you, by members of our church family, um, one for each day as we, we go through this journey together as well as our prayer lambreth that will be up for another couple of weeks yeah. in the fellowship hall. Um, and then of course, as we enter into Holy Week, just some special services, special times to, to continue the journey together. So, well, good. Well, Kelly, will you pray for us then? I would yeah. love to. Mm-hmm. Let's pray. Holy God, we're thankful to be on this Linton journey where we are made so aware of just how much we need you. God, on this day, we ask that Um, You would make us to be like a little chick, willing and ready um, to be covered up and loved and protected by you. God, we thank you for these images that challenge us, um, but also inspire us. 
uh, and continue to draw us closer and closer to who you are. We ask that you would be with us on this Lenten journey, that we would know you more, that we would love one another well, and that we would continue to grow in love with our world. In Christ's name we pray. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Clergy Conversations with Auburn United Methodist Church. Check back next week for our next episode. For more information about Auburn United Methodist Church, please visit our website at aumc.net.